This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the next episode of Marketing Jam. And this one's very special because um, we actually have one of my favorite uh, brands on the show. And uh, I've been drinking their brand, following their brand for a long time. And so it is a huge privilege to have them on the show. And just a little audio here for you. Let's see what that's like. Oh, there's a little bit of fizz. I'm just cracking open right now. Those that are um, listening right now, I've just cracked open a new, fresh bottle of Healthy Hooch Kombucha. I have the pear ginger uh, style right here. This was actually the first kombucha I ever drank. So you always remember your first. Uh, I had their brand, which was Foundation, which was a flavorless one. And it was amazing. And it kind of was my first kind of introduction to the world of kombucha. And um, I haven't gone back since. And I continue to try other flavors and try other brands, but I always end up coming back to Healthy Hooch because um, it's awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show. It's a real honor to have you here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to take part. So origin story. Every superhero has one. Uh, how did Healthy Hooch begin? Well, I wouldn't say that we're superheroes, but I mean, we were racing in California and Will was sort of in his last year. So he was retiring that year and I hadn't decided what I was doing. Like you kind of take it year by year, but we were kind of playing with different ideas um, as to what business we wanted to start when we retired. And uh, while well, we and saw- this from bike racing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and road bike racing, right? Not mountain bike. Well, well, it I, used to be. I grew up mountain bike racing as a kid in Whistler, but made the switch to road. It's a little bit of a bigger world, more of a professional sport. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we were just sort of mulling over ideas as to what we wanted to do. And we loved kombucha. We were seeing it all over the States. And I mean, we saw it at a 7 Eleven like 10 years ago in Oregon. And at that point, I was like, wow, why isn't kombucha in Canada yet? And that's sort of where the seed was planted. And then three and a half years ago, we were like sitting just recovering from a long, hard day. And I was like, wow, we should we should call it healthy hooch, healthy hooch kombucha. And of course it was just an idea at that point, but I uh, started to research and we'll start to do a lot more research on how to actually produce it. And here we are today. Yeah, we spent that, that last year racing bikes, um, pretty much every minute not training, we were researching every inch of the internet. And I think after a year of solid work like that, we got to the point where I thought, holy smokes, I'm reading this article and I realized I've read this before. This was like eight months ago, and I think I've read the internet. I've read everything about carbonation, <laughs> about fermentation, about equipment. We researched it all. That's amazing. So question for you, in the last kind of trending, how would you describe the kind of trend of kombucha? Like I know that, you know, years ago, it was only your kind of like hippie friend or your really natural granola friend that ever drank it. And, and they always had that weird SCOBY looking thing on their counter. Um, but what happened? Why do I go into every grocery store now and see kombucha everywhere? Why is it in 7-Eleven now? I think, well, that was like, I don't know, 10 years ago now that we saw it in 7-Eleven. I think this started in Oregon. In Oregon. Like this started so much, right yeah, so much earlier in the States. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, five years ago, you saw people making it at home. And then all of a sudden, these brands from the States started to come over to Canada. And then you started to get more Canadian companies. So that sort of... I mean, it's the West Coast. It's always influencing, well, anything from California sort of like trending down to BC. So that's where you see it. Okay. So okay. And keep, keep, well, basically if it's happening in California, 
it's probably going to happen in Canada or in BC pretty quickly. Yeah, give it what two, three, four years before you start seeing it I'd, come up. I'd say five years. Yeah, three to it five seems, seems like more like it. It's surprising actually we're a little slower to adopt than we would expect. Like you go to find something that's mainstream in a Safeway in Washington now or in Oregon and especially in California, and it's like wow, it's still not even really found in BC. You think we're on the West Coast? We're looking for organic, natural products, but we're slower to adopt than you would expect. Well, and that's that's also the difference. Is for some reason in the states they are so much more open to new products, natural products, organic project products. It's like there's a de- a, lo- a bigger demand for it. Mm-hmm. I know, you know. I mean, a larger market for sure in a concentrated area. If you're mm-hmm. looking at L.A. or the Bay Area, of course, it's the market's pretty much the size of Canada. So, <laughs> yeah. So if we look at kombucha and those that have never drank in it, uh, are scared of it, um, maybe had a bad experience with it at one point, uh, why is it good for you? What, what's in it? What, what is in this bottle here that kind of is going to change my body? I mean, a lot of people have a bad experience and they say, I mean, we feel that question every day. Oh, I tried kombucha. It was gross. I don't like it. And then we ask, well, where'd you try it? Oh, it was my you know, sister-in-law made it at home <laughs> in her basement. We're like, well, we've all tried someone's homemade wine and it's, you know, vinegar. Uh, we tried some homemade beer and it has no carbonation. It's totally flat and has a bunch of yeast floating around. I think, well, yeah, well, of course it's no good. <laughs> well, <laughs> no surprise. Like nine, I'd say nine out of 10 homebrews aren't going to be the best. But the thing about kombucha is it is so good for you. If it's raw, if it's unpasteurized, you're getting a ton of probiotics. Now, what comes along with the probiotics is up to who makes it. So it can be really high in sugar it can be super vinegary it can be really bitter so there is an art to making kombucha healthy for one and delicious and so probiotics is the main is it the main kind of health component that we're all kind of adopting right now yes it's probiotics and digestive enzymes and i would also say the fact that it's a low sugar option so that's that's another thing that made it kind of an easy uh sell to move into the mainstream is that you can replace um, you know, sugary pops, but you still have a nice, tasty carbonated drink that's comparable social drink, but a fraction of the sugar. Well, and that's not across the board with all brands, but sure. for the most part, I'd say that there is less sugar in a kombucha than there is in pop or juice. So I should still check the. So I'm looking right now at the sugar content here four grams of sugar in the one I hold in my hand at the moment. And but you're saying it ranges all the way up to like 30, 40 grams, would you say, or is it stay within the. Not as high as that, but it certainly ranges over 20 with some brands. Yeah. 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 Right. So it's better than, I mean, it's better than any other beverage you're going to go for, in my opinion, especially if it's raw. Okay. And tell me about this trend. I saw recently someone did a uh, hard kombucha. So it was an alkalized kombucha. Are they included? Tell me what your thoughts are on that. I mean, how many, when we were in California last year in February, we drank about five or six alcoholic kombucha brands. We're visiting my uncle and we went and sampled everything that was out there. We really did a lot of research on that. We were interested. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that many that tasted as good as we were hoping. Okay. Yeah, the, that was kind of the disappointing part about the al- alkalized kombucha is it, it doesn't have the best flavor. And that's because you're, I mean, it's just like fermenting anything really. It's also an acquired, a more acquired taste in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's going to change as brands come up. But I think it's a great idea. I think it's just another option. I mean... All of these canned, uh, carbonated, alcoholic beverages are so popular right now. So why wouldn't kombucha be a part of that category? Yeah. And I mean, I would say with a lot of those too, like people are jumping on it because it's convenient. Um, it's lower sugar. But many of the 
vodka sodas, the taste profile really isn't that great either, in my opinion. I think it's not, it's like a lot of these things, it's a blend of art and science. So the science part, you know, you can hire someone who can follow specific parameters and make a consistent product, but is it, you know, as tasty as it could be? Well, that comes down to like a fine wine, like someone with a lot of experience can really manipulate it and zero in on something that's delicious and it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. And there are a lot of things like making an alcoholic product is not the same as making a non-alcoholic product. There are just so many more licensing issues that you need. Your facility has to be licensed in a certain way. It can't be made with other products. So there are limiters to just being a kombucha company and then deciding that you want to make it an alcoholic kombucha. So For sure. I think everybody would be doing it if it was easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So from a, a marketing standpoint, I go into my local grocer and there's all sorts of kombucha brands to choose from. Some that are shiny looking and rainbow looking and, you know, giving me all sorts of claims. It'll take me to another level of heaven if I drink it. So how have you managed to stand out amongst all these brands? That's definitely your department. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just, you know, designed a logo that I liked and that for me resonated that it's clean and simple and true to what it is and you know we want to be transparent so that comes across in our branding and in our product we're certified organic not all companies are and i think that if you are going to claim to be organic there has to be some accountability for the consumer so that's why i've decided to go the extra mile and be a certified organic kombucha that's awesome so when people look they have the choice and so it's the brand and the look and the feel, and then ideally it's people that notice your uh, insignia being organic. Yeah, and it's not it's not just that. Like you got to look on the label, you got to see who it's certified by, and, and as a consumer, you have to do your research. I mean, that's just what it comes down to: see who the certifying body is, see if they're, I mean, see if they're legitimate, and people are actually going through the yeah. right avenues. Yeah. I mean, for us, we're at an interesting point as well because we did take a product-oriented approach. Like we really did well in generating repeat customers because once they tried it they realized like the actual product in this model is premium like this is fantastic um but that's now as we as the business has grown you realize okay we have to put more energy into marketing and educate consumers and actually get them to to try it for that first time um so that's that's kind of that current um challenge and that's where we're starting to put a little bit more energy all right and who are you finding is drinking kombucha these days kind of who's your target audience um it's more broad than you'd anticipate. Yeah. Out of the blocks, I mean, everyone kind of focuses on that, you know, mid twenties to mid thirties female that does yoga, sort of active. <laughs> and that's that was like that's the kombucha consumer. And then we realized, like, you know, your brother, he's how old? Thirty two, high steel worker, big burly construction worker guy, and coworkers are pulling our bottle of kombucha out of their lunch pail. Yeah. That was pretty exciting to that hear, actually, really cool. when he told us that story. He was like, yeah, I was at work the other day, and one of my coworkers pulled out your bottle of booch and was like, this stuff's amazing. He was like, I know the people who make that. <laughs> well, that is cool. And now tell me, you, you've expanded to outside of just Healthy Hooch. Tell me about your new brand. Yes, we uh, uh, we made a basically a functional iced tea. And it's it has a lot of functions, actually. It's sugar-free, calorie-free. And it's full of these adaptogenic herbs. So these herbs that sort of help you adapt to stress. Um, and this product isn't uncommon in the States. Like there are a few brands doing it in the States. So for Canada, this is very innovative, but it's not completely new um, in the world of beverages. Okay. Uh, but it's delicious. It's it's a nice iced tea. It's lightly sweetened and it's got a ton of benefits for you. So I'm going to have a little one right here. <laughs> here it is. You can take a look. 
So yeah, so you went with the white label, black on white, and kind of a nice artistic look and feel. Yeah. I well, like that. For this, we had we had like an artist draw out the herbs. Like I had in my mind like what I what I wanted. I wanted sort of I wanted to go back to like the 1800s when people yeah. would have been looking for these herbs. They would have been drawing these herbs and right. then writing down the benefits. And that's kind of the marketing that I went for this brand. Yeah. And it's different. It's elegant. It's yeah. I don't know. It was fun to to make this product. To be honest. That's cool. What's that term called? The old apothecary? Is that what they call it? The old like? Yeah, very similar. They're all pencil drawn. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. That's so when, when you held up the bottle, yours says detox on it. So it's every different kind of label have a different feeling or what you need in your life. And then those herbs will do that for you. Yes. Okay. What are the options we have currently? What are the different emotions or fixes you have for people? <laughs> so uh, right now we actually are coming out with five flavors. Mm -hmm. And we're launching with Save On Foods in July, but there's a um, a big chain in uh, out east that's taking it. But the five flavors we currently have is going to be detox, yep. stress, yeah, it's, yeah, needed, defense, yeah, calm. Wow. So depending on how you're feeling, you can almost get one of each and kind of have it in the fridge. You could go in there and be like, "Man, I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to grab one of these." Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you're a real purist and you really um, believe in the herbal benefits and you want to give it a try, you could potentially, you know, say I want to um, drink a detox daily for a week to 10 days type of thing. And like the real power herb in there is milk thistle and you start to research these herbs and it gets really interesting. Like milk thistle is used even in more traditional mainstream medical settings for, um, let's say, smoke inhalation. Um, like mm -hmm. we have forest fires in BC like crazy every summer now. Um, yeah. It actually helps your liver metabolize those that particulate. So things that you're like, wow, this is really, it's really neat. So we got pretty deep into researching when we developed this. Well, and our, we have a friend that's a doctor and he said, yeah, we actually use milk thistle in a hospital setting, which is wow. a crazy thing to hear. Well, and for me, like I started using adaptogens because I was suffering from something called melasma and it's like an overpigmentation of the skin. So I, I researched a ton of different products and I couldn't find anything that worked and I didn't want to take anything toxic. So then I started researching different adaptogens that help with this condition that I had and I found that it really, really helped. So then sort of born the idea was the tea and kind of snowballed. Yeah. yeah. So those that have never tried kombucha yet, what's kind of your uh, good entry? What's your introduction to kombucha? What should they try? You know, when should they have it and what should they expect to feel after they drink it? I mean, I think our brand is a good intro for a lot of people because it's not too vinegary. That's what often scares many people the first time. Like, whoa, this is like, whoa, overpowering. Oh, yeah. I've had those ones before. Yeah, you've had some of them are, yeah, they just kind of like a cough. slap in the face. <laughs> or there's so, a piece of phlegm still in the bottle and it's floating yeah. around and then you, it lands in your tongue and then you're like, oh, what did I, what's in there? <laughs> a lot of people have that story. They're in their car driving and they take that sip and there's a big chunk in their own. They think, what am I going to do? Like, I got to spit this out when I'm yeah. driving. <laughs> It's, and yeah, some brands choose to leave that in there. We filter yeah. that out. We yeah. thought it would be a little nicer to have a smooth. <laughs> well, and there's no there's no benefit to it. Like I always no. tell people, I'm like, the probiotics and digestive enzymes are microscopic. Like even with a coarse filter that's filtering out those massive scoby chunks, you're yeah. not you're not diminishing any of the probiotics. So, so there's no extra benefit for me drinking phlegm like substances in my drink. Okay. Not to our knowledge. <laughs> I mean, maybe it helps with a bit of digestion because it's kind of fibrous. Uh, 
I feel like that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, it might be a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Personally, so I'd and is it is it is it are, am I going to feel like a bit of a high or a caffeination or is it like am I going to feel like my my digestive system gets rolling or like after I, like I, I just drank a big thing of yogurt like yop? I, you know, I think I what we would always tell people is if you have a diet that doesn't have a lot of raw vegetables or yeah. vegetables in general, if you're a meat and potatoes kind of person, start with half a cup because okay. these have live probiotics, these have digestive enzymes. You're drinking something that is living, so. If you have something new in your diet that you're not used to, you could have maybe a reaction. But people tend to not have a reaction with ours. We haven't had any um, any complaints, to be honest, because it isn't as I'd say vinegary. Mm-hmm. So I find sometimes the acidity can have an effect on your stomach. Yeah. Um, but really, if you have a varied diet, you're going to be absolutely fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, mostly it is lightly caffeinated. It'd be similar to. Um, it's a little bit less than if it were just a cup of green tea. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of stimulation that way. Like if you're sensitive to caffeine, you might notice it. If you drank a pile of coffee every day, you probably wouldn't really right. notice that level of caffeine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, it hits you a little more mild like a, like a green tea would as opposed to coffee. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, and the B vitamins, it does, it does have B vitamins in it. So those can also give you a little bit of energy. Okay. Nice. Some feel a little flush from B vitamins. Yeah. Okay. So when you... Um, kind of think about your brand and coming up in this next year and the, and the trends that are coming down, what are things that you're watching out for and that you're kind of keeping your pulse on to kind of say, okay, what's happening here and, and things that you're excited about or watching or nervous about coming down the pipeline? I think everybody right now is nervous with obviously the current situation. Uh, how do you market to consumers when you can't do any in-store sampling? Uh, that's a big one for any sort of beverage brand in the grocery world. Well, any food brand actually yeah. so yeah. how do we how do we get it to the consumer how do we get consumers to try the product so that yeah. is sort of the dilemma i think that a lot of companies are in right now mm. um things that are exciting in a time like this people are normally more concerned with their health yeah during any recession people are normally thinking about their health a lot more because i mean they're not doing anything else yeah right yeah, it, it's tough to see. Like we would normally promote through a lot of grassroots activities, like farm markets or uh, concerts. There's a beer fest we were going to do. There's a bunch of things we had scheduled for this summer that, of course, are now canceled. So and no sampling, like Show said. So yeah, we have to figure out how to talk to the consumer directly. Um, and also, it could be people are looking at um, maybe different purchasing methods. Like instead of grabbing one drink as you're out and about going to meetings and that kind of thing, you might grab a whole host of beverages like to stock up the fridge for the week because you don't hit yeah. the store frequently so you purchase more per purchase but less often so how do you kind of consider that in your marketing um yeah. it's a big consideration for this summer oh yeah well especially if people aren't walking the aisles as much yeah. anymore exactly and that's that sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. i've seen the trend um especially in the last kind of three years of like the cold press juices and then people subscribing to cold press juices and they get like kits sent to them. Is it, I haven't seen it as much these days. Is cold press juice still a thing? Like are people still excited about that? Is that still a kind of a drink option? Because you don't see it in stores really because they, they kind of go bad so quickly. So it's you got to like privately order. Yeah, it does expire very quickly. So it's tough to put on the shelf in the store. Well, and it's, it's a complicated business plan because you are selling direct to the consumer yeah. rather than as a wholesaler and you have to manage your inventory because like you said it doesn't last very long 
So the amount of resources that you have to put into making the product batch by batch in such small batches, yeah. um, that is a bit of a limiting factor. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit. <clears throat> I think it seems like where that's trended is more... Um, retail space. Yeah, more retail space, exactly. Yeah. So like you have basically like a little cafe, like a little juice bar, yeah. which you know was kind of a smoothie bar a few years yeah. ago. And now yeah. maybe it's to a little bit lower sugar, more you know, green juices and things in the cold press juice space. Yeah. But it's still tough to see it in the in the retail area because I think that is the, the distribution is the biggest issue. Yeah. yeah. Now, now for you guys, what would you say if someone was listening to the show, watching the show, and, and going to start their own drink brand? What's something that you wish someone had told you when you were getting your drink brands off the ground? <laughs> There's a lot of Don't different do it. things. Yeah. <laughs> Don't produce your own product. Don't be <laughs> the manufacturer because there are so many there are so many hurdles there there are just so many moving parts that have to work in like that have to be synchronized it it just it is a very complicated world when you are actually producing the product now if you're just marketing your product and you're formulating a recipe that's great that if you can focus on that then do it Mm -hmm. Um, however that is a larger initial investment than you would anticipate okay getting your stuff done through contract um you'll always get sticker shock in your fridge because you you know you go talk to a contract producer and it's like oh sure we can do that you know minimum maybe a small one be minimum ten thousand liters per flavor yeah thousand bottles per flavor and you think oh my gosh that's like absolutely outrageous i could never do that um but alternatively when you start investing in equipment you start talking to microbiologists you start developing all these procedures yourself you're like whoa this is years of hard work (laughs) oh yeah it's it's a it's a big big investment in your time and and in your money to be honest and that's what i hear all these uh kind of vodka sodas that have launched especially here in bc so many of them are contract i feel like it's not them producing it they've gone underneath another brewery or a distillery Brands. So it's many actually, brands on the shelf. It's incredible. Now that we're further into this, like the, the volume of product in the grocery store shelf that is contract produced, it's mm. incredible. Yeah. And I mean, we're starting to get to the point where we're doing that for others because we've kind of done these hard yards and built out <laughs> the capabilities. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. So I'm um, listening to the show. I'm in Canada. When can I see, like, will I see Healthy Hooch on all shelves across Canada and your new product? Will I see it on shelves across Canada, or or when can I expect it? Kombucha is hard. It's a cooler product. It has to be refrigerated, so distribution is our biggest hurdle. But not only that, as a consumer, you have to request it. Yes, okay. Especially because right now there are so many kombucha companies popping up all over the place. A lot of really small companies sort of biting away at shelf space. It's become a very local beverage for some reason. Like people are very hyper, hyper, yes, a hyper hyper local beverage. So that makes it even more competitive. So now all of these companies are taking little small bites at what shelf space is available. Yeah, ends up being an overall watered down sort of business for everyone. Um, That makes it very very difficult. So if you are a consumer and you love a certain a certain kombucha, then you have to question in the grocery store especially the mainstream chains because they are they are stubborn they they yeah. don't want to take on um local kombucha for some reason it's it's right. it's hard to get into these bigger chains for sure yeah we found it really interesting because the uh, with the new product with thrive the herbal tea it will be a national brand very quickly we're already shipping out in two weeks to a 30 store chain in ontario called farm boy 
Perfect. Um, excited about that. It's yeah. going to be really good. Um, and part of it is, of course, because it's shelf stable. So it's a little more, you know, doable for us to get those listings. Um, and also right. it's kind of innovative in that space. But yeah, the kombucha space, it's crazy. Like they have, you know, most mainstream stores now have five or six brands of kombucha. Yeah. And, and like sort of natural hippie health stores could have a dozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot that they're allocating in the shelf space. But even then, it sells such tremendous volume. It's so popular right now um, that it only makes sense for them to have that many brands. Yeah. It's a really interesting space to be in. And it became competitive very quickly. We've only been at it for just over three, three and a half years now. Yeah. And it changed a lot in that time. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, like in these natural health food stores, you'll see 12 brands, but in some of the bigger chains, you see two to three brands and mm-hmm. none of them are local. Yeah. Right? yeah so there's definitely so room there's, for more Canadian products. Yeah. There's room for more Canadian products. There's mo- room for more BC based products, but they just, it's, it's a really difficult thing to crack. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the, the hard reality of starting a drink brand uh, kombucha. How long does kombucha last on the shelf? What's the shelf life for? Ours is six months from production. Okay. So, I mean, generally it has to be to the distributor with at least three months. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So, um, but the tea, iced tea world, that's exciting. So whether you're in Ontario or you're in BC, you're going to find it on the shelves in the rest of the country. Just wait, ask for it. If yep. you would like a um, remedy focused tea, in your life versus just having the options of iced tea, green tea, et cetera, that you find the typicals. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, I think it's very true. It's like almost futuristic when you read about these space people in the future who could take a pill when they're feeling anxiety or take a pill, you know, you read about the space food. It's almost like you've made space <laughs> future drinks. If you're feeling a certain emotion, you can grab it off the shelf. And, and that's the irony of it too, is because you look backwards and these are things that have been used for thousands of years. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a weird thing to be like, oh, try this new product. But yeah, people have been using it for thousands of years. Well, and people ask like, oh, is it safe? Like, can I can I take this? Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, well, why is why are sugar free sodas on the shelf? Yeah, I yeah. mean, why are why is aspartame allowed on our grocery shelves? So ask these hard questions. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like you've done almost like what Sage has done. Like Sage has taken these kind of like ancient remedies and ideas. That again, typically you're, you're kind of only your kooky friend would have in these jars in their house to be like, rub this on your face and you your headache will go away. Yes. Exactly. They just branded it, almost similar branding, the kind of brown look, earthy feel, and, and said, no, rub this on your, your face and your headache will go away. But they did it like True. in a beautifully crafted, branded, marketed way. So well, don't yeah. take, yeah, you don't have to take a Tylenol every time you have a headache. Just use this little roller and, and yeah. it actually it does work. I mean, well, and look that's how eager people are to part. try. It. Like, look how well they're doing, and look at the growth in that area. People seeking natural remedies. Yeah, uh, there's there's tons of interest in this. Yeah, and we've always we've always kind of practiced what we preach, and we've found that interesting for years, and we we love it. So we're yeah, it's super oh, cool yeah. that we can incorporate that products. into our work. Yeah, I look for products like the ones we're making. Mm-hmm. Just it's exciting and something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. All right. So to wrap it up, who do I find in a grocery store? Should I find the guy stocking the shelves or who do I talk to to request your products in my grocery store? You can do it online. Okay. Email. You can you can do it online. You can also, yeah, you go into the grocery store, ask for the grocery manager. Yeah, generally just any manager. Yeah. Okay. Put in a request. Yeah. It does so much. It is unbelievable. 
Um, I am a big fan. It, it really is a, a huge joy to have you on the show. And thank you so much for sharing about, about how your company started, some tips, the hard realities of it, um, <laughs> joys of it. And, um, and I think you gave some hope as well, the fact that there's some hope for the future and there's some hope for some amazing brands coming into stores uh, right across our gay country. So congrats on, on launching a second drink. Um, uh, I'm sure it's going to do very, very well. And, and people are going to fall in love with that as you have taken something from the past and made future food for our great. <laughs> We're basically astronauts. <laughs> right. Thanks for yeah, coming up. Thanks, so thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. thanks for joining us this week on Marketing Jam. And we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.